1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
2: You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network and now, Lucha Central Weekly.
3: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from the past week, as well as previews the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio pod bay and speaker my name is miranda morales and i'm one of the co-hosts of the lucha central weekly podcast and i don't do this alone no that's pretty much what a co-host means so let me bring in my fellow co-host introducing first he is the dashing one mr dusty murphy dusty how are you
4: yeah, uh, it's doing great, Miranda. Real excited about all the great stuff we have to talk about this week.
3: We have a lot of great stuff to talk about. And I mean, I have to plug in. Dusty was not featured in only one, but two blogs this week from his adventures out in Austin, uh from AEW. I believe you were featured in Sammy's blog and uh Ethan Page's blog.
4: Yeah, both video of them. Blog, yeah. Yes. Got a got a good shot in both, yeah. I I, really I missed
5: the Ethan Page one. That's cool.
4: Yeah, I was the only heckler. Like everybody was on their phone, videoing it, and I was in his face, like "boo, get out of here." Classic
5: Dusty. <laughs> you got you got to be in the moment. This is exactly project. like
4: yeah, yeah. I don't want to be on my phone. I want to have fun.
5: Yeah, right? good for you. Yeah. Good. <laughs> That's why you bring your kid to the show. Then you yeah. the have and you can film the kid and you'll be like, I'm just being the good dad. Yeah. Well he was it's filming like, me. <laughs> it's a Pampiro Furpo story we got, you know? Yeah.
3: <laughs> and our second co host, well third, technically there's three of us because we're a trio, is who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr. That's hey. it.
5: Hey, you already heard my voice, so uh, yeah. That was a sneak preview. Sneak preview.
3: Sneak (laughs) preview. I I mean, it's hard, especially when Dusty's being so popular and being in all these vlogs.
5: Living his best
3: life, Dusty. Speaking of living their best lives, we have a few birthday shout-outs. First, a very, very happy birthday. Feliz cumpleaños to friend of the show. Uh, someone we adore and love to watch and love to chat with. Mr. Iguana's birthday was this week. Yes. Yeah. We hope he had a fantastic birthday. Uh, Absolutely. You know, one of our favorite people uh, of all time and someone we just enjoy watching in AAA and also making a bigger presence here in the States. Um, if you have not followed Mr. Iguana or know Mr. Iguana, you just need to Follow him. You need to see Absolutely. his social medias. You yeah. Need to watch his matches. Um, you know they're so entertaining and fun to watch. Yeska, of course, I'm sure. Uh, not now. I don't think we have a confirmed date of birth yet for Yeska, but I'm sure she also enjoyed Mr. Iguana's birthday this week.
5: Well, you know they've partied together. I mean, yes. oh,
4: 100.
3: <laughs> yes, you do not have one without the other. So, feliz yeah. cumpleaños, Mr. Iguana. Happy birthday. from the trio here at the Lucha Central Weekly podcast to you. We hope you had a fantastic, fantastic birthday. And someone else who's had a birthday this week, Thunder Rosa uh feliz cumpleaños to her as well she's had a very big week we are going to talk much much more about her later on in the show uh but you know a great week for thunder rosa on top of her birthday uh we will get into that no spoilers yet but if you know you know that she's had a pretty darn pretty darn good week
5: i'm gonna there's one thing that didn't make it into the segment we're about to introduce this that I'm just gonna add in real quick since we are talking about her Mission pro starts touring soon mm-hmm. so um congratulations to them for starting a touring schedule. I know that is her her baby and uh that's Super a huge cool. deal, yeah, yeah, so hopefully coming to a city near you mission pro wrestling the the first Completely female organized run and primarily female facing uh, talent too. So, all right.
3: Well, Which, Brendan, yeah, go ahead and take us to the road back to shows.
5: <laughs> That's the one. That's the segment that That's I just scene. barely wasn't uh, wasn't going to talk about it, and then I realized it was Thunder Rosa's birthday. But we're going to start with our usual place. Mexico City is yellow the uh, government has affirmed that they will fix it at yellow for a little bit um, this is going to get it's kind of weird and awkward as it always is with them trying to cope with how covid is is working um AAA's uh date for for uh, triple mania seems to still be firmly set uh, dusty will obviously let us know if there's any major revelations on that, but uh I'm also keeping an eye on it as related to Mexico City still being yellow yeah uh it yeah, go ahead,
4: seems uh. very firm right now i mean yeah. it, I, I, I expected it would change it still could, but right now it looks pretty steady and pretty solid to yeah keep their date
5: yeah they it, it, the teams that the uh tourist things and uh, teams because the football team is where i was at that have yeah. been impacted have been uh have already made major announcements and AAA a has not so we we seem to be in good shape there but who knows they uh cases new cases are increasing and not decreasing right now mm-hmm. just like they are in many areas of the united states
3: is that delta so. variant happening mm-hmm.
5: Well, yeah, I I could editorialize on the amount of people <laughs> that think that it that the world is is fine and safe now as well. But anyway, but it has it has continued to affect uh, other things as well. So, uh we had shows that had to cancel this the it, over over yeah, recently. Uh the of of note is Vanguardia and DTU uh have indefinitely postponed their shows in, the uh, Pachua region, uh, where the color designation is light red. I, I we all giggled about the, this <laughs> light red when I first read it. Um, <laughs> they, they seem to be really afraid to say red. So we're just going to be light red or pinkish or, you know, um, they, but both of those dates uh, impacted other, other, events that we will be talking about in the Indie Roundup, so I figured I would mention this as well. Uh, also, shows are being cancelled. Uh, Arena Queretario says they'll be forced to go bay out back on hiatus if conditions continue to get worse in, in the state. So Instead of the optimism that we had just a couple short weeks ago, people are already starting to Pull back and get paranoid that they may have to stop what they're doing. And it's just unfortunate, but, uh, that's the state we're in right now. Um, hopefully there it's, it's caution with, with, uh, with a good reason and we get, we get back through and get, uh, get back to being on the road to shows. I have one other ending this on a good note. I like to end this, uh, the road back to shows on as good a note as I can. The Crash is, has announced that they are returning to to live shows, and they've got uh, they're teasing Andrade is going to be there as well as a Lucha Libre or a, a AAA star. So, um, don't know who that is. There's lots of speculation on who it could be, but all in all, it's kind of cool to see the Crash trying to to come back and in, into the big swing and uh, on yet another date for Andrade, who's just becoming the hardest working man in wrestling right now.
4: Truly. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: And he's been lots of shows lately building that brand.
5: Yeah. And he's, he's uh, announcing more dates. He's not slowing down. So good stuff there. So that was the road back to shows. We're just going to roll right into the indie roundup. A lot of this has, uh, there's a lot of synergy in this. I love to to use corporate Big- synergy. Yeah, there it uh-huh. is. <laughs> um, Big Lucha had their first televised show. They've had other shows, but you know they they had one that was on the internet somewhere. I didn't get to see it. Uh, I I, I, I blah, blah. don't know why. What happened on this one? But uh for those of you who don't remember, Big Lucha is the show that operates out of Banditos Gym. So these are – you're going to hear a lot of familiar names, particularly in the top half of the card. Uh In the first match, we had Chaman El Bendito. So I don't know if this is intentional or not. El Bendito, Elemental uh, – uh, and so Chaman El Bendito and Elemental against Kamata, Maya, Gravity, and Orbita. Uh, the, uh, Chaman El Bendito and Elemental came out on top on that. In the second match, you had Mil Almas against, uh, Skyade. I never say his name right. We, Gabe just said it and I tried to make a note of it and I still can't say it right. But this is, you were talking about a veteran man who is a master of the Yaves. I really want to find footage of this match in particular. He's probably was there as an instructor. Um, Mil Almas won after a, a foul, but it was, a, a, according to Cubs fans' notes, it was because there was an evil referee involved. So now I really need to see this. Um, and then we had uh Dementor, Bestia del Ring, uh La Mascara against Demonio Inferno, Hio del Abrije, and Trauma One. Uh This was... Uh, a, a little bit of a match, or, you know, card will change, sort of a situation, but Dementor, Bestia del Ring, and Mascara won. Uh, then we had Cyclone Ramirez, Jr., and Commander, against Emperador Azteca and Latigo, uh, which again was a last-minute replacement. Latigo worked his way in, um, the, the commander got the pinfall after the Rudos got unmasked. So again, thank you Cubs fan for your notes on this. I did not get a chance to see this and, uh, I, I really wanted to. And then in our last match, we had Bandito, Roosh, and Fresario Jr. Now let's, let's just go over this here. This is the one. You have the man who owns the gym. You have the single biggest face in lucha libre now right now and you have a hot up and coming star justy miranda who do you think won this match
4: well if it was wwe they'd have the heel win <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, i'm gonna go with the face you gotta go with the face
5: yeah right
4: i mean that's lucha
5: you face <laughs> Bandito did win, but it's because Roosh cheated. So he got, got himself dis, disqualified. And, and so it was one of those, technically the phase one, but not really, which hopefully makes fans hungry to come back for another match. Cause you know, that's that to your, to your point about the WWE, that's kind of what they do is they'll, they'll uh, make the face lose a lot of the time so that the fans are always like, maybe this is the one time. Maybe this is it.
4: It's never it. (laughs) And just when
3: you think it will make sense or there's a story down the line, there never is. So,
5: well, we can dream, but you know, I'm more optimistic about that happening out of Banditos Gym because it's not all about. uh, It's not all about a national company. It's just basically him having a show. With his students and his friends. So, mm-hmm. you know, the point <laughs> as long as he and Rush stay friends, Rush stay friends, we can, they can maybe do something with this. Um, and then we had, uh, I, I wanted to give a shout out. I was invited earlier in the year to go out to New Jersey to see this, uh, La Invasion of AAA Ucha event. Um, yes. I'm, and this is not a commentary on the wrestling. But having seen some of the footage from social media, I'm really glad I didn't go because apparently it was a borderline hurricane during the event and oh. that sounds miserable. Um, but I didn't get many of the results yet. So I'm trying to reach out to the people that invited me to so I can get specific results. Psycho clowns put up a bunch of stuff on his personal feed. Uh, a couple of the other wrestlers have put up, uh, things on social media so i've got some hints i've seen a lot of very wet
4: wrestlers
5: (laughs) Um, but congratulations i'm getting a big show out in new jersey like if i was in new jersey i would have braved the rain to be out there because that's amazing i just Mm -hmm. would have been miserable if i flew all the way across the country to sit in the rain because you know i get enough of that here very fair (laughs) Um, uh I did one. I just like I said, I wanted to shout out to them. Thank you for the invitation. Hopefully, I can make it to one of your events in the near future. Uh Now that uh, travel is easier and I seem to be accruing benefits for travel at this point. My All my credit cards want me to fly. So maybe, maybe that's a hint to all of you indie promoters. I yeah. might be able to, <laughs> I might be able to come out to your show in the near future if you just let me know. Um. We talked about shows being canceled in in uh Mexico GCW uh Game Changer Wrestling. This was the weekend they were down in Mexico doing their two where they were going to do three shows. Near as I can tell, they only did one, which was on Fight TV. However, that was the Zona twenty-three show. So yeah. I intentionally <laughs> did not watch that. I apologize to anyone that's relying on me. But, uh, that's going was gonna be way too hardcore for me to, uh, enjoy. I would have paid money to basically listen to the commentary cause I can't. There's, there's a lot of covering my face. If, if those of you who saw the Triple Mania live stream we did during, even during the the very light extreme rules match they had at, at one point, I was not even watching the screen. So uh, there's no way with, uh, Zona 23 in GCW that I'm gonna be able to watch <laughs> anything. Uh, they, they did have some news out of it. The GCW Tag Team Championships did come off of Pay and Medio Extremo back uh, to the team of G-Raver and Jimmy Lloyd who are not a regular tag team from my understanding in GCW. They're kind of the, uh, the super team that was representing the promotion. So, uh, If you are, if you are a GCW fan, there's probably big store building out of that, but Mexico no longer owns their, their tag team titles, which is kind of, kind of sad, but, uh, at the same time, good for GCW who's doing a lot of shows. Um, and then we had some IWRG. We actually had a lot of IWRG, but I'm going to give you just a, a little taste of of that uh there's lots of coverage up for IWRG on Lucha Central's page itself so uh you if you need your full results you can find them there uh there was a it was a six match card here I'm gonna the top half of this we had Asterboy Freelance and Red Amido against Mr. Puma Official AK-47 and Zumbi and uh the 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 Team of Astro Boy Freelance and Red Amido came out on top on that. And then the next match we had Kinect Jr. against Hijo de Dos Uh, they, this ended in DQ with Kinect Jr. technically getting the, the hand raised, but again, it's IWRG. They're, they're building towards uh, a bigger show by, by not having a, a, a big, uh, somebody take a pinfall at this point. And then in the six man, in the, the sixth match, we had Hijo de Albrije, Murder Clown, and Mystices Jr. against Abismo, Negro Jr., Tonail, and Toxin. So one of the reasons I wanted to cover this is these are all names we've talked about in the last couple of, of shows. So I want to see the footage of this match, but, uh, it, Turns out that Hijo De La Brihe, Murder Clown, and Mysticise came out with the win on this. Um, Toxin, who we talked a lot about being a great base, being involved means that you can have all kinds of crazy things going on with him and Mysticise Jr. Uh, Murder Clown is in there for reasons. <laughs> it's always – anytime you get any member of the of the Psycho Circus here – something bizarre is going to happen and probably cookie sheets are going to die. So I am getting super happy with all of this, but uh that was our IWRG. Again, I will point out that uh, IWRG in particular is covered on the loop central updates. Uh They, they have most of the results we're talking about here for you as well as many of the other results we'll be talking about later on the show.
3: Thank you, Brendan, for both the Road Back to Shows and the Indie Roundup. Do not forget, we still want to feature independent promotions on our show. So if you are an independent wrestler, fan, or promotion, make sure you hit us up on social media. We will give our information at the end of the show. So that way, you can let us know you know, what shows are happening, matches, all of that. We'd love to feature on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. Now, we're going to kick it off. Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central.
5: Why should you visit thechairshot.com?
4: Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
2: The Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend, Ultimo Dragón. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution, Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com,
3: powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Thank you to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening Throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network Up next We're going to be jumping into A segment that we haven't had Towards the beginning of the show for a while But <laughs> man was it, I mean look We all know what the week has been in wrestling <laughs> Everywhere You know surprises left and right So I mean it's hard to deny uh, How good You know weekend it was for WWE So Dusty go ahead And take it away
4: Yeah, crowds were back. They had Friday Night SmackDown in Houston. It was an exciting night. Our opening match of the night was a trios match of the Usos and Roman versus the Mysterios with Edge. This was actually a surprisingly solid trios match. It was really good. WWE did a great job of only kind of teasing Roman versus Edge during the match, but unfortunately, the Mysterios and Edge took the loss, with Ray taking the actual pin, losing to the most dangerous move in wrestling, oh, the
5: no. schoolboy
4: roll up, mm-hmm. no. like the dreaded roll up. Post match, Jay abused Ray. Jimmy took out Dominic, but Edge came in to make the save with the chair. Edge took out both Uso's, but then he took a massive Superman punch from Roman. Roman broke off one of the bracing struts on the chair and took too long to do it. Edge was able to hit him with the spear. Edge hit the cross face on Roman with the piece of the chair. Great visual. Awesome. So, that was cool. But then Raw, before we get to the, you know, the pay-per-view, Raw, Karrion and Cross lost oh. to Jeff Hardy for absolutely no reason. <laughs> and Jeff Hardy's only won three matches this year one was when he tagged with Carlito and the other was against Cedric Alexander in a retirement match like those are the only two wins he's had all year he beat Karrion Cross. it was an extremely weird match it didn't last long it went Under by three minutes yeah and on top of that Jeff Hardy felt it was strange for a large part of it because he just wasn't connecting with some of his bigger moves like he just couldn't seem to pull it out and then all of a sudden babyface Jeff Hardy puts his feet on the rope and gets a pin like it it yeah. made absolutely no sense it made no sense in the context of Carrion's current trajectory it made little sense in the context of Raw and their current booking with Jeff Hardy like yeah. it was just very strange and he was so protected in NXT and on an unbeaten streak, and like
1: mm-hmm.
3: it just seems yeah. so random that they bring him in now, even though we did know that you know yeah, he had the dark match. It just seems so uh, unsolicited, outside of just hey, we have live crowds again. Let's just pack on yeah. a, a show so these live crowds can kind of get what but they would consider yeah. their money's worth.
5: So that's exactly. just it. they put it It felt like to me that they were putting it in in front of a live crowd to see how he would do, but then they stripped him bare of all of the magic he has down in n x t and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the championship I'm talking about his charismatic entrance his uh his uh like you said the the unbeaten streak like all mm-hmm. of these things that contribute to like almost holding your breath when they his entrance starts uh and then magnetically being drawn to the screen while he's on there because you want to see what's going to happen and they took that all away and then uh, to make it to make it worse you had Jeff Hardy not at his best doing an uh, an under 3 minute match so yeah. you know, like, it just
3: seems so yeah it just seems random and you know by the way he's your current NXT champion
5: no Jeff so. Hardy's the champ now
3: yeah like i would just <laughs> Why? Like, why would you do that?
4: It yeah, it's baffling to me. It, I
3: feel like that terrible mystery theme yeah. song should play as soon as
4: <laughs> it absolutely should. Just an inexplicable decision. But we also had Money in the Bank Sunday night, first big pay per view back with crowds. Fort Worth, the crowd was hot for the show it was awesome yeah. but the mysterios versus usos tag title match was on the pre-show like i i don't know why the pre-show but it was a great tag team match the mysterios got a really cool kind of lucha underground-esque intro where they warped from like another worldly chichen itza mayan pyramid thing to the arena that was really cool but yeah, that was about the best thing that happened for the Mysterios. They worked great together with the Usos. Ray kicked out of the Usos' splash, which is unusual, and I thought for sure they were going to win at that point, but it didn't happen.
5: I've I was on that, too, yeah.
4: Yeah, I was surprised, too, given Jimmy's legal issues that, you know, they pulled the trigger on him being tag champs, but I guess that's their vision for the Usos. And, again, they got the win with that roll-up, you know, the unmitigated danger. Of the schoolboy roll-up.
5: Most dangerous move in all of wrestling.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep. Again. And so we have new SmackDown Tag Team Champions in the Usos. We also had Zelina in the Women's Money in the Bank match. Uh, although she didn't win, hardly anybody pegged Nikki A.S.H. as the possible winner of the match. But she pulled it off. Later cashed in on Raw the following night in that latest that's like the trend now. When you win when the women's money in the bank, you cash in the next night on Raw. Or the same night. Yeah, or the same this night.
3: The fourth year in a row where a cash-in has occurred within 24 hours. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And Crazy. Carmella's the only one to hold it for any yep. length mm-hmm. of time, which is just mind-blowing. But, yeah. And so she cashed in. But Zelina had some great spots in the match she got in a lot of offense my personal favorite was when she rode on Natalia's back to the top of the ladder but her scheming and dreaming weren't enough and Nikki ASH was able to climb over the crowd and get the win a nice surprising match this was a good match I enjoyed it especially with the surprise ending everybody called Alexa Bliss they got rid of her in an interesting fashion I liked that the the whole thing was just yeah great match
5: uh, and at least somebody with a mask gimmick won. I mean, you know, if we're not gonna yeah. get Selena Vega, let's give them yeah. the mask wrestler. The yeah. You
3: know, well, kind of. It's kind of a reach, but.
4: I'm <laughs> <sure. The laughs> mask is a mask. You know, yeah. We talked
5: about this. There's there's mask wrestlers and there's luchadors, but mask wrestlers are closer to to luchadors than than uh, most American wrestlers. So you know. You know. Yeah.
4: Fair.
3: That's fair a- enough
4: little step in the right direction. Right. Uh, During our main event for the Universal title uh, between Edge and Roman, we saw the Mysterios run out after the Usos tried to get involved when Edge put Roman in a crossface like he did on Friday. But despite keeping the Usos out of the ring, the Mysterios' old foe, Seth Rollins, he showed up, super kicked Edge, uh, seemingly building to the rumored Edge versus Seth Rollins matchup at SummerSlam, but I kind of hope that we would get like a Ray and Edge versus Roman and Seth tag team matchup, maybe, or at least maybe beforehand. That would be It'd pretty be a exciting.
5: It'd be a, a good match for the road to that SummerSlam matchup. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And the old guard versus the new guard, like mm-hmm. old SmackDown. I mean, 2009, 2010, Ray and Edge were all over SmackDown. Yeah, so it's nice. Name. Little throwback. And we need a tag team match, player. If we can't go one on one (laughs) with the Undertaker, we gotta have a tag team match.
5: Oh, God bless you.
4: (laughs) But yeah, that was this week in WWE. So the Mysterios, they lost the title, but they're higher than ever on the, you know, kind of the visual scale. And, you know, involved with the main event still, so we'll see what comes of that. And I have not had time to watch it yet, but I know that Angel Garza was on main event this week, and so we will review that next week.
5: There's another guy they could be using better. Oh, well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: Well, that is this week in WWE. WWE. And, well, we still got plenty of more for you because, Dusty, you're going to take us through this week in AEW.
4: Yeah, we had quite a bit in AEW this week. Dark Elevation, Monday night, it was stacked with Lucha content. There were several great matches. Uh, Jungle Boy versus Angelico was a real highlight. Fire. Yeah, such a fantastic match. So fun. The perfect type of pairing for Elevation. And Helico and Jungle Boy worked so well together. I mean, just fantastic. There was some smart mat wrestling. They got in some really great looking strikes. I mean, the, some of the Navarro stuff. Overall, so good. Like I, on paper, you see Jungle Boy versus in Helico. You're like, oh yeah, that would be good. Like it was so good. Like it's everything you expect. I highly <laughs> recommend that match. And the main event of Dark Elevation was Pinta and Eddie Kingston versus J.D. Drake and Cesar Bonani. This was a fun match, but was more of a showcase for the pairing of Eddie and Pinta than anything else. If you love those guys paired up as much as I do, it's absolutely a must-watch match. After the match, Pinta got on the microphone and dropped a really charismatic promo in Spanish before Alex Eberhontes translated that Pinta says how great it was to be back in Austin, how great it was to be back in front of the fans. And then Eddie got the microphone and said, if you ain't AEW, then you ain't shit. And (laughs) so that's how they ended it. But we must give honorable mention to Fuego Del Sol versus Luchasaurus, This was a really fun match, great match. Luchasaurus wins. But at the end, there's a feel-good moment where they, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus raise Fuego's hand. The crowd was so excited for Fuego. He's in the entrance of, uh, like the main intro, rather, of Dark Elevation now. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's pretty safe to say that he signed and we're being
5: being worked a little bit.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I, I like it. I like Underdog Fuego del Sol. Very cool. Yeah. And we also want to shout out Dolce Tormenta versus Yakaroshita. Yes. She's a second generation luchadora. Um, all her brothers are luchadores. I think you know a little more about this than I do, Brendan.
5: Just a tiny bit. I, I, uh, researched her. Uh, yeah, they, she's, they're all the Texas based lucha promotion, lucha family uh dad taught the brothers and then dad and brothers taught dulce tormenta who's uh been working regularly out of texas based promotions such as mission pro so you can you can find more of her matches on that was really exciting to see her uh pop up on aew probably because they were in her back backyard but you know maybe they'll do more with her in the future
4: yeah that would be exciting she got a great reaction from the crowd, too. I mean, I don't know if it was a, a local thing. They were very hot for the local wrestlers. Super
5: hot for her. Yeah. Oh yeah.
4: But it, it was a great match, and it's exciting to see unsigned Lucha Talent right now on Dark Elevation, especially. But speaking of Lucha Talent and signings, we had Tuesday Dark, Thunder Rosa versus Kylan King, This match was short and sweet. The crowd was ultra hot for Thunder Rosa. You can't imagine the the noise in the arena. It was taped before Dynamite. It was one of the biggest pops of the night. The entire crowd, literally the entire crowd, were Thunder were chanting for Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa fans. We mentioned she had a birthday today, and in her even bigger news, Thunder Rosa is all elite. Uh, it's official! That's happening. Yeah, it's happening! It that happened here? today, yeah. And Brian Alvarez was the first to report that Tony Khan bought out her NWA contract earlier this month. Then later, Fightful confirmed the report. It's, you know, very interesting. She had asked for her release in 2020 and did not receive it. Tony Khan apparently wanted to buy the contract for a while, according to Fightful at least, wanted to buy the contract for a while and was unable to do so. But Billy Corgan recently, you know, approved it. It went through. So she is now all elite. She's I, – I can't imagine we won't see her back in NWA, especially at the Empower event coming up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wouldn't also be surprised at all if – Tony Khan made an announcement that Smashing Pumpkins were better than Radiohead, or something strange. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. From
5: from the flip side of this, I can't blame NWA for dragging their feet on this. You have Thunder Rosa at the height of her popularity. Uh, you, you're building towards a women's division. Of course, you want to keep her there. But even, you know, even if she's asking for the release, like, you have plans. You want to use her as a centerpiece. So, um, well, especially when she caught
4: fire, like, she was yeah. the main attraction for NWA throughout the pandemic era. Yep. Like, she was yeah. their highest profile. Uh, they had Ricky Starks. They had Eddie Kingston. But post-pandemic, like, all they had was Thunder Rosa.
5: yeah. There are rumors. There's more going on behind the scenes than just we can't pay you during COVID. So right. I, I just want to make make it certain that there there may be personal reasons why some of these people left as well. So, uh this is the only the big reason why I I don't like NWA holding on to talent either. If once you're to the point that the talent's asking to be let go. You're not you're not WWE. They're they're not gaining. You're not gaining anything by holding on to them.
4: Right. And there were also rumors during the the pandemic era that Tony Khan was paying Thunder Rosa's guarantee because she was appearing on Dynamite. But it was also getting the NWA off the hook financially to Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a whole lot of motivation for her to stick around if that was the case. Like if AEW is paying you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who's
5: who's building the loyalty here? Yeah. Tony. Yeah. Like he's building the loyalty and not uh, Billy Corrigan. Yes.
4: Yeah, so but this will. Mean, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I assume we'll find out more details as time goes on. But, you know, I. A lot of uh, non-disclosure agreements go around these days, too, when you leave a company. So that could be – or non-disparagement clauses. So maybe we won't find out anything. But it's certainly an interesting set of circumstances right now, and interesting that Tony Khan bought out her contract. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see her – instantly vaulted to the main event. I don't see anybody else getting the title from Britt Baker other than Thunder Rosa. They've got that Fight Forever feel now between them, and I am yeah. so excited for that pairing.
5: So I feel like that's actually the biggest motivation on the AEW side is if she's not signed, it's it's a risk and a liability to keep her in the title picture because you don't know when she's going to... Take off and do take a better deal somewhere else well, or, you know, you know but
3: the fact that she didn't either, you know, I mean, the fact uh, that she uh, and who knows, you know, there's there's a lot that we don't know. But I do think the sense that she really was the first to you right? capitalize on this forbidden door concept that, yeah. you know, and we'll talk more about her again later. Because, you know, now that she's official, does this also mean we are going to see still see her do more things? Um, I do think that yeah. they really still need her as a cornerstone of the women's division because it's still Absolutely. struggling mm-hmm. um, and not for lack of talent. But I just think, you know, uh, rivalries, the writing still a challenge. But I do yep. think that anything that Thunder Rosa has done in AEW has been compelling.
5: Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to what I'm saying though. If she's not signed while she's in that position, it's a risk that you're gonna just lose access to her while she's Nova hot and and kind of, as you said, one of their cornerstones. And Dusty said, too, like the Britt Baker feud is fight forever vibes. You just you want to lock that down. You want to make sure you have access to that magic. That's what I'm saying on the AEW Mm -hmm. side of let's buy out this contract. Let's pay your guarantees. Let's make this happen because she's she's uh, she's money right now. She's a license to make money in 2021. Absolutely.
4: Well, and even the merchandising, like the action figure guys were real excited, you know, online as soon as she was announced. And so the whole thing, it just, yeah, it tempers down a lot of the liability that they might have of her going somewhere else. It was unlikely with Mission Pro and everything else she has going on that she would go anywhere else. But people will surprise you. So it was a, a smart decision on all sides for Thunder Rosa to be all elite. And also this week we had on Dynamite, we had a quick moment with Tony Schiavone introducing Andrade and Andrade announced that he had a new executive consultant and his executive consultant is Chavo Guerrero. This is a huge get for AEW. Basically everybody backstage at Lucha Underground and GLOW. They talked about what a great coach slash trainer slash producer that Chavo was behind the scenes. And if AEW wants to take their lucha a little more seriously, which they seem to be doing now, somebody like Chavo backstage in that role is huge. Mm -hmm. He's a great talker. I mean, perfect thing for Andrade. And they didn't get too far to the segment before we heard the music. And Death Triangle were on the ramp. Phoenix is back. He was back from injury. Pac was there. It was awesome. Andrade tried to recruit them. He wanted to be their new leader. He told them they worked for him now. Um, No, like, coincidence, I'm sure he kept using the word tranquilo. Like, I feel like that's building to something, hopefully. And, but... Yeah, he tried to recruit them to be their new leader to no avail. They did not want to be the new leader. They took turns denouncing Andrade before like the entire referee brigade came out and tried to separate them before Death Triangle, then chased Chavo and Andrade out of the ring. It was so good, so exciting, exactly kind of what Andrade needed. It's Mm -hmm. setting his character up in a way that, We kind of knew but didn't really have, like, a firm idea on before. He alluded to it with his uh, black mask gear from Batman. But, yeah, he's like El Jefe in a way. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's very cool. Love that. And also in an interesting bit of Andrade trivia – on this show, I believe it was the main event, Archer, Lance Archer defeated Moxley for the IWGP US title. And that was the last time or that this time before like the last time before this that a New Japan title changed hands and a non-New Japan ring was eight years ago when Andrade, then La Sombra, beat Shinsuke Nakamura Ooh. to win the IWGP Intercontinental title. On May the 31st, 2013 in Arena, Mexico. So, I mean, just kind of a cool.
3: Now you get an edge in
5: Yeah. We gotta throw Teach that,
3: them, throw them. that
5: info dump in there. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And
4: yeah. But yeah, so a lot of cool Andrade stuff. Finally getting some exposition of his character, a little bit of dimension to what he's doing Mm -hmm. I think the pairing of Chavo and Andrade is so much better than the pairing of Vicky and Andrade but it makes so Mm -hmm. much sense that Vicky would bring in her nephew Chavo like Mm -hmm. just yeah Mm -hmm. I mean they they really tied it together in a way that I thought was sublime I wondered where they were going with the Vicky thing the pairing wasn't for me but they really pulled it out so it
5: it finally made sense Mm -hmm. like I, Absolutely. Know, I think our problem with AEW is we don't have enough history to like we do with WWE to have faith yeah. for them to make a good or a bad decision and they finally we finally saw that they were leaning to something good. Yeah. I was a tiny bit disappointed. There was there was this voice in the back of my head when I saw Chavo come out like well now he can't be on Azteca Underground.
4: Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> well, that would yeah, we've seen a lot of uh energetic uh, and energy, or not energy, um, talent transfers with MLW and AEW, and, you know, kind of things go back and forth. So maybe, maybe he can show up.
5: I mean, I hope so. Uh, I have a question for you, Dusty. Sure. So we had, you were, last week you were at an AEW taping, uh, and you saw that, and then... The WWE was in Texas this week, so you could have made it to that if you wanted to. Yeah. Would you do you do you think you made the right choice or would you have rather been at the WWE show?
4: Oh, absolutely. I, I would go – we're we're already planning AEW shows again. Like, they're coming to St. Louis. We're talking about full gear. If they don't do the – uh like a dynamite here in Wichita, Omaha, anywhere we can drive in an afternoon, we're going to try to start going to AEW. Compared to WWE, it was so much fun, so easy. WWE felt like going to work. You know what I mean? Like in comparison. <laughs> and I – I had no faith in WWE to put on a show that I wanted to see for the value. Like we could have gone Mm -hmm. to SmackDown or money in the bank and we just decided not to for the money. Like I, I don't necessarily feel that we would have been disappointed this time, but I've been very disappointed with the money I've put up at WWE before. So, but dynamite, uh, you know, this was my first dynamite, but I had the best time. The, the crowd was incredible. It's just a different atmosphere in general. Even on TV, you can tell. But it's just so much more communal at an AEW event than anything I've ever encountered in all my years of WWF and WWE events. Very enough. Cool. Yeah.
5: So, this was not a, a paid endorsement for AEW.
4: No. Yeah. <laughs> just my honest feelings, yeah.
5: Just, just uh, WWE, if you open your wallets, we'll, we'll say nice things about you, but.
4: <laughs> well, we always have nice things to say about NXT, at least.
5: Oh, yeah. No, actually, we yeah, do NXT. love we WWE. Our, our problem with WWE, just to be clear, is that they disappoint us based on their potential. That's absolutely. That's, yeah. <laughs>
1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
3: Well, that is This Week in AEW. Don't forget the results for WWE, such as Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, are available on LutraCentral.com, and of course, AEW, Dark, and Dynamite Stay tuned to keep on hearing our thoughts on both WWE products and AEW products. That includes this week in NXT. Uh, I would say we got four big takeaways from NXT this week. First, and somewhat in order but not, whatever, <laughs> is, uh, NXT has announced, uh, TakeOver 36. Uh, it has been announced for Sunday, August 22nd, which is the day after SummerSlam. So that is going to be an interesting series. This will be the first time that a, uh, a takeover proceeds a WWE main event. Um, so we are going to get SummerSlam on Saturday night and then takeover on Sunday night. Um, so that's, again, very interesting to see. Uh, that is going to be live at the Capitol Wrestling Center. Um, it won't be, uh, on the road. I know, uh, NXT is still evaluating, uh, you know, some plans to go back on the road. And it does seem like if they do go back on the road, they will may likely resume their Florida tour scene, which was the- what they did. Uh, prior to the pandemic, though they were making some stops in different, uh, cities, um, it sounds like they would be starting in Florida again and then mm-hmm. possibly moving their way back up to touring, um, outside of the state of Florida. So, uh, so,
5: uh, traditionally their tours, cause I was talking with you guys offline about this. They would do they would do it over the summer. Mm-hmm. So they would do they would do like a winter course stay in Florida where it's you know, they could control all the conditions and then they would travel all across the country. We got to see two or three NXT shows up here in Seattle mm-hmm. because so so that hopefully that's what they're talking about returning to as well. But yeah, yeah. they need to do the baby steps mm-hmm. go into do the Florida tour first. Sorry, just no. cutting in.
3: Very good point, yes. So that's number one takeaway from this week at NXT. Number two, we had Frankie Monet back in action. Uh, versus jc jane and this time around she did come out with jesse kamea formerly from the robert stone brand uh robert stone did join them as well uh so maybe she is now this new leader of the robert stone brand or this new faction um really the more interesting thing that happened from this match was more of what happened outside of the ring and that was mandy rose she came out and sat at the announced table, like literally on the table to watch, uh, Frankie Monet work. Uh, of course, Frankie Monet won with the glam slam. And afterwards, this is more for WWE.com. Uh, Frankie Monet did post or did share a, a promo in which she put the entire women's division on notice. Um, I do think it's very interesting that Mandy Rose watched her. Mandy Rose came out last week as well to watch another match. Um, but it does now make a little bit more sense. Um, that Mandy Rose is in NXT. It's been reported that her former tag team partner, Dana Brooke, um, is with child. So now it kind of oh, wow. makes, sense. I mean, that's just put out and, and, um, uh, that could be a reason why Mandy Rose, uh, that whole storyline kind of got dropped, uh, and that she's in NXT. But I would be actually pretty surprised and pretty happy with a Mandy Rose Frankie Monet feud, um, with very similar kind of personalities and cattiness. Mm-hmm. And Frankie Monet just works miracles in the ring. So I think she'd be able to have a very good match with Mandy Rose. But it's also, again, her way of climbing her way towards the top. Um, I hope to see her in a match on TakeOver, um, a proper match on TakeOver. I'd love to see that for her. Item number three, we had Legado de Fantasma and Hit Row in a segment. It started off with Legado de Fantasma, which they had promised a mariachi musical madness, where they had some mariachis in masks uh, with the guitars there. But Santos told his mariachi to to leave the ring and pretty much saying that he refused to lower himself to the level of Hit Row by using music, instead using wrestling to define himself and define it out de of their phantasma, but that means hit row came out talking some some smack um and eventually that led to a confrontation between the two groups in the middle of the ring um, at one point, it looks like uh Santos was going to hit Isaiah Scott over the back with a guitar, uh but that was taken away, and then that guitar I believe got used on joaquin wild uh but uh Yes, it did. It, it got used on Joaquin Wild, who got the got, got the guitar. Uh, so this feud still is is fire, with really the leads being uh, uh Isaiah Swerve Scott and uh, of course um, Santos Escobar. Um, but you know, we, you still have both members of both factions. It looks like it's a it's a great faction warfare, and still playing up on those you know little things like music being a factor in it. I do hope it doesn't turn to be too gimmicky. I don't think it will, uh, because both are able to talk. Both are able to perform in the ring. This was just a way to kind of throw a common tie to two very completely different groups. Um, so it was, you know, entertaining and how many, I mean, you can't ever really get tired of seeing someone take a guitar shot. Uh, it, it's just, it's just wrestling science. Yeah. yeah.
5: Jeff Jarrett made a career out of
4: that. Broke a million guitars and never drew a dime.
3: And last but not least, we had Zaya Lee versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. Yes. Really, as much as it was great to see them in the beginning of this match, the match really was clouded with, uh, you know, an injury that Zaya Lee, uh, ended up sustaining towards the end of the match. Um, it looked like she got some kind of, you know, getting the wind knocked out of her from a, uh, believe it was a Vader bomb, uh, that, the the twisting Vader bomb. Yeah, that just twisting at, Vader bomb.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And pretty much knocked the, the wind out of her and... uh so towards the end of the match, officials, you know, uh, allowed the match to continue. Um, but you know, we weren't sure what that was going to look like. But Gonzalez won with the single arm power bomb, La Chingona bomb, uh, for the win. It was it seems like a positive sign at the end. Zaylee did get up and was able to to walk to the back. But um, you know, it, it was interesting how quickly they set this match up. Uh, and it's also one where, again, you know, clash of styles was Zayali much more within, uh, a, a striker style. Um, and with the size of Raquel Gonzalez, very important that she utilize that striking to get her off her feet. But the strength of Raquel Gonzalez, even who who is fairly strong in her own right, um, you know, you just get, I think with some of that, that spinning Vader bomb, you know, just right enough torque and enough momentum that it, you know, I, I didn't necessarily say anything, her landing correctly from what I could tell, but I think it just really just knocked her out. Just the power of it seemed to be overwhelming.
5: It's just physical contact. I didn't yeah. mean, you know, we talked about this in the interview with Gabe as well. It just happens It's contact sport. Sometimes things are going to not go just right. And that's, that's all there is to it. Cause I didn't, I didn't see anything wrong. And I know that's a move that Raquel does a lot. So, uh, if she was had a history of hurting people, they probably would have stopped her from doing it. So, yeah.
3: no, like I said, same. Yeah. I didn't see anything as far as the landing or the way that it was performed. Um, it's just that strength, and Raquel is incredibly strong.
5: Oh my goodness, yes, she's
3: incredibly strong. So, um, a- another successful win. Now there are spoilers out there uh, because NXT was has, has been taped for the next two weeks due to the Olympics. I've decided I'm not going to share those, but we do see a continuance with Raquel Gonzalez in the women's championship storyline. Something that I think a lot of things, a lot of fans have been thinking about happening or thought would happen has happened. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, something with Raquel Gonzalez is happening, something that for some fans it's been, you know, speculated and also kind of about time. So I'm going to wait until that airs to discuss it. The last thing I do want to mention about NXT, too, we have the continuance of storyline between Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross. Samoa Joe came out at the beginning of the show saying he wanted a piece of Karrion Cross. William Regal said, no, no, no. You know you are an official now, uh where Samoa Joe then said he was going to wait for Karrion Cross to come into the arena um he got someone who thought we thought was Karrion Cross was just some other bald guy, but that guy did reveal that Karrion Cross was already in the arena and Karrion Cross got a sneak attack on Samoa Joe. Um, that storyline does also continue in tapings. Again, I'm not going to uh, mention that now. I'm going to just air these or talk about these results as they happen on television. Uh, but it'll be curious to see if Karrion does pull d- double duty on Raw and NXT over the next few weeks. Um, and hopefully, you know, it's going to be a, just a balancing act. As we talked about, it is very curious to see him have a loss against Jeff Hardy and then, you know, beat up Samoa Joe on the same week. Um, I think it's going to be a big challenge that if he's not successful or not winning on Raw, then how does that correlate with what he does in NXT? It also may seem like he doesn't have a match on NXT. Uh, anytime soon, and maybe they're saving it just for the next TakeOver, and he primarily has matches on Raw. Lots to think about and speculate with Karrion Cross now, but it seems like he's probably going to be pulling double duty uh, until, you know, possibly at TakeOver, you know, possibly dropping the title and making that full transition to Monday Night Raw, as hi- history has shown us. <laughs> I know, not a huge fan of it, but we will see, WWE, we will see. Of course, the results for NXT are available on LuchaCentral.com, so make sure you check it out, or just keep listening to our show if you continue to miss it. Up next, though... I'm going to jump into Impact Wrestling there a little bit further up on our rundown this week because they had Slammiversary and talked about a packed week of wrestling, of surprises, of, you know, things that we didn't expect. We had some things that we didn't expect at Slammiversary, Uh, another great show, another great year of Slammiversary by Impact Wrestling. Uh, I'm going to go down through a few matches that Lucha Libre fans may want to know about. Uh, First off was the ultimate X match for the X Division Championship, Uh, a highly uh, anticipated match uh, between Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Petey Williams, Chris Bay, Rohit Raju, and of course, uh, the challenger, Josh Alexander. This is where the belt was suspended above the ring, uh, with two ropes in an X fashion. Uh, and the only way you could get it was to climb up and get the belt itself. Um, this was some really interesting maneuvering, climbing up, utilizing of chairs, all of that. Uh, and there was this almost suspension. Where it was like a scorpion tail almost movement that happened. Uh, oh, I think it was Josh Alexander who went up and, and legs up on the top of that X down. And there was a chain between everybody else in the match, uh, with a sleeper hole to an ankle lock to, I, I forget the, the rest of the sequences, but it was, it was really, Fun to watch. Um, a super Canadian destroyer uh, from uh, Petey Williams on Raju and Trey Miguel. Um, but ultimately, the winner of this match and still your X Division champion, Josh Alexander. Um, so I think that's, I mean, it's hard to predict who could have won. Everyone had a a, a case in this match to state as far as, you know, who would have won. Uh, I was thinking was going to be Trey Miguel just because he was the only one in this match who hadn't been uh, exhibition champion. But I still think it's an amazing job to keep Josh Alexander as your exhibition champion. So I'm not mad at that at all. Next, we had a mixed tag match uh, with Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood, who they've kind of aligned themselves into a group or into a team um, against Matt Cardona and his mystery tag team partner which surprise not surprise was the hot mess chelsea green and you know for impact fans they've known chelsea in her previous work um she's also the real life partner of matt cordona so that also made sense she still had the cast on so i know some people didn't think it was going to be her because of her cast but She was able to compete, and her and Matt successfully won that match. Uh, She also wrestled again this week on Impact. So uh, we also saw her at Ring of Honor um, announced for the Ring of Honor Women's Tournament, and it looks like she's going to make a stay in Impact as well. So, uh, you know, Chelsea Green, she's staying busy, and I think it's great to see her back at Impact Wrestling.
5: So I just – the uh – difference between states here made a huge difference because roh the story is the state of maryland wouldn't let her wrestle in the cast yes and i believe that because washington state would be the same way she couldn't Mm -hmm. wrestle here so just a little sign of of how wrestling Mm -hmm. can be different based on where you're viewing it you might get get some of that just Mm -hmm. an interesting little
3: no and that's very that's very true and also kind of waiting for her to make her debut in ring of honor um impact is taped in nashville tennessee which has like you know different rules um and you know just keep some of that anticipation but it also means just like ec3 we saw him wrestle in ring of honor and impact at the same time Mm-hmm. So doesn't you know we don't know if she's in a in a contract with either company at this point, but it does look like she's actively going to be wrestling for both organizations,
5: at least through the course of that tournament. Yeah, yes.
3: yeah. Up next we had a fatal four way for the Impact Tag Team Championships. Uh, earlier it was announced that TJP was ruled out of the match, um, so Falaba needed a new partner, and that was revealed to be the former No Way Jose uh to be his his partner, so I forget you went by a different name um
5: nobody name, remembers it
3: nobody yeah, nobody remembers <laughs> not not to be mean spirited I just don't remember
5: uh, no uh, you're not the only one. everybody I've talked to about this has said the same thing, like I don't remember his name, they just called him no way Jose no yeah, so.
3: way jose, yes, yes, <laughs> um. The the champions you had were violent by design, which were uh you know they were utilizing the free bird rule, so it was being defended by Rhino and Joe During. um and this one too, I mean Willie Mack as 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 always you know with some great spots, uh same thing with Rich Swan, they were very entertaining, um. You know, even No Way Jose came out kind of in a very similar gimmick as what he used to do in WWE. Not sure if that's what he's going to continue to do or maybe do something else. But it seems like, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um But in this match, we did have the Good Brothers win and become uh, the new Impact Tag Team Champions. Um And so, who, you know, I, I wasn't thrilled by this. I was actually... Rooting for Violent by Design, uh, because I thought they could have a very lengthy reign, but it looks like the titles are going back on to the Good Brothers. One of the biggest surprises of the night was for the Knockouts Championship match with Diana Parazzo, who was up against a mystery opponent. And names came out of everywhere, really. Oh, yeah. But the mystery competitor was thunder rosa making her uh you know debut with impact wrestling um i mean that was a surprise for a lot of people even though it wasn't uh because she you know of course it was part of that big time with the nwa and aew um i think just a lot of people were i know for me in particular was thinking it was going to be more of an impact related star uh but nonetheless thunder rosa coming in was i think a great idea um Mm. just because of of, you know, Diana Paraso being such much more of a, I would, I guess more in, in, in the lucha terminology, even though not necessarily lucha training, the Yavis style, more in the submission style, um of, of wrestling, Um where also, you know, the, uh, Thunder Rosa has more of that even mixed martial arts background. So that ended up being very interesting throughout the, the match itself. Um a very good solid match, Um but, Deanna Parrazzo came out with the win. Um, And so what happened afterward, though, was also interesting because Mickey James came out after the match and extended an invitation to to Deanna Parrazzo to be part of the NWA uh, all-women show Empower. And at first, Deanna Scoff didn't seem very interested. This week on Impact, though, she did seemingly... Uh, accept the invitation. So talk about that, you know, that, uh, the magic doors or, or the forbidden doors. It looks like that we're going to keep on seeing that with Impact Wrestling as their knockouts champion will compete at NWA in power. And Thunder Rosa, you know, this was official. This was just a few days before, you know, the official announcement of her being signed by AEW. So who knows if that means we're finally going to get women's talent uh interchanged between aew and impact
5: man such a crazy time i love it that's
3: uh, it was i think that was a big surprise i did not expect it i did not expect to see thunder rosa be the the mystery opponent
5: she was one of my wouldn't it be cool thoughts yes. but i didn't right
3: it was like <laughs> wouldn't it be cool it would be pretty cool yeah. Yes. And again, it's a good, you know, Diana needs all the practice she's going to get when it comes to Lucha Libre style of wrestling um, as she prepares for her, you know, champion versus champion match at Triple Mania against Baby Apache. So I yeah. wish I, I wish they had tied that in, too, as, as well. But anyways, coulda have, woulda have, shoulda have. last but not least we had the main event it was a no disqualification match for the impact world championship sammy callahan versus kenny omega now i think it was easy to assume the no disqualification match meant that we were going to see you know interference from the bullet club maybe don Callis, maybe you know the good brothers some of that did kind of happen uh but You know, you did have the Good Brothers try to interfere, but you had Chris Sabin and Eddie Edwards come out to try and and balance the odds. But really, the no disqualification match revolved around Sammy Callahan's bread and butter, and that is hardcore, you know, uh, weapons. In the match, he utilized a pizza cutter on Kenny Omega's forehead. There was thumbtacks, steel chairs, uh, much more of a hardcore match, uh, for, for this championship about. Um but, you know. Kenny Omega locked in the one-winged angel on the thumbtacks to put away Sammy Callahan. And so Omega did retain the championship. The big thing that came out though at the end was, uh, Switchblade Jay White came out at the end of the night. Um, just, you know, they, they threw out the two-sweet to him. He did not respond. So it looks like there's more tie-ins happening in Impact Wrestling. Um and that too was a, a very big surprise to see Jay White. So not necessarily lucha libre related, but just a fun Thing to mention with Impact. We ended last week's show talking about Impact being one of the companies truly partnering with other organizations, other pro wrestling companies. Um, you know, whether it was allowing MLW to use the LAX name, now we see, you know, with the continued partnership with AEW, you know, just bringing on Thunder Rosa, uh, the partnership with NWA, uh, and now continuing with New Japan having Jay White. So, Big kudos to Impact Wrestling. Another great year of Slammiversary. Um, and you know, much more results are uh, available out there as far as what happened in Slammiversary. But again, just focusing on the Lucha Libre content, or Lucha adjacent content that fans should know about. But Impact Wrestling, things are happening there as well. I think this really this week was all about the big surprises, the big appearances, the oh my gosh, wrestling is red hot again. Yeah. It is a beautiful time to be a pro wrestling fan. So, uh, make sure you check out, of course, this podcast for Impact Wrestling news. Uh, and also just stay tuned to luchacentral.com for pro wrestling results. Up um, next though, Brennan, you have a Mass Republic minute update.
5: Heck yeah, Mass Republic. Uh, so the bad news for the listeners is that it, this will have happened by the time you're hearing this. But they, uh, Mass Republic is part of Comic Con at Home this year. They're doing a panel about video games, art, and Mexican culture. It was, uh, on the Friday panels at 4pm CT. So, uh, you, you, uh, will definitely be able to find it somewhere. I'm certain that Mass Republic will put links up, uh, typically the Comic Con at Home stuff. Is all available day of on their YouTube channel. So you will have a chance to see this panel, which is what I'm going to have to do because I'll be working when it hit- hits and uh, I want to see it too. But, uh, just kind of cool thing like Comic Con and Master Public like, is a natural fit and it's cool every time it happens.
4: Yeah. I wish we could get more lucha at these things. It'd be yes. very exciting to see a tie in there.
5: You never know. You never know. I, I mean, uh, Mass Master Public's been putting out the Luchaverse comics, uh, Lucha Libre in particular. Wrestling is super hot, but Lucha Libre in particular is red hot right now. So maybe that's something they do for next year's Comic Con when guests can be there. They might have, uh, I mean, San Diego's a hotbed for Lucha talent locally, so. Very true. Uh, you know. Just uh, and those of you that are listening and, and think this is a great idea, let the comic con people know you think this is a great idea because they, if they hear it, they'll do it.
3: Yeah, so. yeah, and that goes for also local comic cons. It does seem like you know regional comic cons are now coming back up. Mm-hmm. Um And they have, you know, more uh, ability to incorporate different artists and panels and opportunity in events. So, you know, even think about that in your local Comic-Con uh, scene. Um, and if you ha- see any of that, let us know, just like we talk about in the Indie Roundup. If yep. there is, you know, a Comic-Con in your area that's featuring a Lucha panel or Lucha artists or anything very cool related to, you know, Lucha Libre. Let us know, and we're happy to share it on the, on the Lucha
5: Central weekly podcast. So uh, I'm just going to – Headlocked Comics every year does is touring most of the Comic Cons. <laughs> they come up here to Seattle. They usually bring a wrestling palette or two with them. So if you are familiar with Headlocked Comics, let them know. Maybe you have a little more Lucha Libre content. Uh, I know I'm going to bug them about it. But they, I mean, yeah, they, they are like, to Miranda's point, they, they, there's already wrestling talent that is being brought around and they regularly, Headlock regularly brings two or three people. I got to meet Ric Flair at a Comic Con because he was signing Headlock Comics. So, I mean, come on. Very Sorry, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah
4: no, that's super cool. Well,
3: speaking of history, speak, well, kind of history. I had a segue, and I lost it. But, you know, Dusty, you gave us a little history lesson earlier in the show. It's true. We're going to swing back to you, and why don't you take us through this week in Lucha Libre history?
4: Oh, that's right. It's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day and lucha libre by pep carrera he's got information on their birthdays matches of the day anniversaries amazing videos all kinds of stuff even more than i'm describing and it's all about lucha libre and it's at luchacentral.com. your centralized place for all things lucha libre this week, we chose July the 21st, 2009, when El Del Fantasma, who had Hector Garza in his corner, won the CMLL World Middleweight Championship after beating Iverno at the Arena Mexico in Mexico City. This was a great match. Uh, we had Phantasma in a beautiful teal mask and a full body suit, which instantly gave the feeling that things were a little different for this match. It was a two out of three falls match with Averno picking up the first fall before Ile del Phantasma really hit his rhythm and lost his shirt and started <laughs> to take over the match before picking up the win. After the match, Averno showed respect to Phantasma by congratulating him and celebrating the victory. On February the 14th, 2010, after only one successful title defense since July 2009, Io Del Fantasma lost the middleweight title to Negro Casas. This would be Eo Del Fantasma's only singles title run in CMLL, despite later challenging Dragon Rojo Jr., before later leaving for AAA in 2013. Brendan, what did you think of the match this week?
5: Um I, I loved this match. Uh it again, it's your classic CMLL old school production, which uh I mean, you know, some people might get tired of seeing it week in and week out, but when you see classic matches like this, you can really appreciate the two yeah. out of three falls and the uh and just how good this format can be. And uh the visual presentation started off right away for me because you mentioned that it was a white and teal outfit that he was wearing. Yes. At. Yeah. Just and stunning yeah, visual. Yeah. yeah. It's stunning so different, out a lot. yeah. And a came out in black. So they were already visually telling you who to root for. And I was loving that. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, it just, uh, it was a very fun, fun match to watch the, the classic stuff. The, the second fall was was probably where the meat was at too so like that i think that that was the longest straight run of the match mm-hmm. and that you know if you just watch that middle part of it you get a great great match out of it too so <coughs> all in all fun stuff really really impressed with this loved it miranda what do you what did you notice
3: yeah, I you know, the the color scheme, too, was something very different because I've, I've really only seen, um you know, E-hole with the purple. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of uh, different to, to see him in that light blue. But you're very right, both of you, as far as the traditional CMLL format, the falls. I did think it was kind of interesting with that last fall where it almost seemed like he kicked out right at two. Yeah. And that was yeah. some of that, you know, so almost controversial at the end, uh, but, but it, you know, when the referee called it and, and said, and, and Averno eventually, you know, it did look like he was upset. When he took the belt back, you know, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make make a claim that, you know, he hadn't lost, but then gave it to Eho. You know, that kind of was a nice touch at the end. Um, I loved the work that they did on the ramp. Um yes, I thought that was that one was of a the cool
0: spot,
1: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Cool spot where he hold, you know, flew over the top rope from the ramp back into the ring and then the tope in between the ropes mm-hmm. out to the crowd. And literally, I mean that that really pushed the chairs back. So um and you know,
5: I that's guess that's that, just
3: caution of Lucha Libre.
5: That's that arrow from hell kind of <laughs> precursor there. <laughs> yeah. True. Uh, yeah, you know.
3: Um, But, you know, I thought it, it was a fun match to watch I was entertained through the whole thing And, you know, that's one thing Even though CMLL is viewed in a more traditional, you know, light it does make it as a fan, like very easy to watch. And sometimes you don't necessarily need to think and not in a bad way that you don't need to think. It's just very straightforward. And I really do appreciate that about CMLL because they put together very strong matches. I think it can be after a while, very routine and you're looking for, you know, where's a swerve or where's something exciting. Mm, but I do yeah. think when they are able to, like I said, the, the work on the ramp to me, was what made that match a little bit different. And, you know, just just even though you kind of got the the sense with the three falls how it was going to go out, the when they were able to do some unique moves and, and some fun things, that's what I think was that little pop of like, oh, that's interesting or that's fun. And that helped make that match, you know, worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, that was this week in Lucha Libre history. Again, as Dusty mentioned, you can find this day in Lucha Libre history on LuchaCentral.com. But there is so much more. Brendan, do you mind telling our listeners what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com?
5: Let's do this again. So, folks, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it it really, really, really is time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is your online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area and find photo galleries from the top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard, from weekly polls to annual awards, seen and read by top executives in all of the major lucha libre promotions across the globe, and and the nail, the final thing that arrow said so to tie it back into that last segment, it's all free, all of it free. Just go to luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things lucha libre.
3: Brendan, you did such a wonderful job on that read you know, luchacentral.com. I, I, you know, if you don't mind, if, if it's too much, please let me know. But I'd love for you to take, you know, this next opportunity to talk to us a, a bit about ROH this week.
5: Oh, man. So uh, I was went into this thinking it wasn't going to be a particularly strong lucha-centric episode but uh we did have Ray Orus and Fred Yehi in the opening match uh in a a traditional rules not pure rules match uh and uh it kind of it kind of really stole the show it really like it, the only flaw that i had with this is that it was the opening match on tv so it didn't get as much time as it 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 needed to be and a amazing and top tier match, but you could see, easily see these two guys doing a great program together on a pay-per-view after this match. So, um, check it out. It, uh, <laughs> the, it, there was some weirdness with the free TV and I got to watch the episode late, but it is up. So go, go watch, uh, go watch it on the ROH's site or the, they'll probably have the highlights of this match up by now or by the time you see this. But Miranda cued me in. We also have some uh, announcements that just came out today. So we are building up towards uh glory by honor. And they have announced some matches for night one, which is going to be August 20th. And I believe that would imply that the night two will probably be the 21st. But, you know, I mean, that's just me making assumptions there. Uh It would make sense. That's a Friday and a Saturday. Uh one of the first matches they announced is the, is another rematch of uh, LFI versus Violence Unlimited. At uh, uh, Did they mention the who specifically is going to be representing them, or did they just mention it by faction, Miranda? Uh,
3: let me double-check, because I believe they, they had a graphic uh, of everyone that's going to be in the match. So, uh, please... No, no worries. Yeah. yeah please discuss um, and, as then, we...
5: and uh the other one that we got is Bandito will be defending his ROH heavyweight championship at uh at at the Glory by Honor against Flip Gordon, the mercenary. And uh I'm not sure if we've talked about this before. Flip himself is not a luchador, but and much like PJ Black, like I've talked about, he has worked with a lot of luchadors. He mm-hmm. works very well with the style. Yes, uh, I think that this would this will be a good matchup to make Bandito look good, and I think that's the point here. This isn't necessarily supposed to be the, oh my goodness, is Flip gonna win this match sort of thing. It's gonna be a showcase of two of their top tier talents and and try and elevate both of the wrestlers. <laughs>
1: Yes.
3: Going back to uh, Violence Unlimited versus La Faction, uh, we are going to see Violent Unlimited's Brody King and Tony Deppin, as well as Chris Dickinson and Homicide uh, versus uh, Rouge, uh Dragon Lee, Kenny King, and Bestial Del
5: Ring. Oh, so it's pretty much everybody. Yep. <laughs> It really is LFI versus Violence Unlimited. So at that point, we can also expect that the foundation will get involved at some, some point as well. And possibly even, uh, yet to be disclosed faction, because I kind of get the feeling they're building up to, uh, they've built, this week's television built up, uh, Shane Taylor Enterprises, uh, or Productions, one of those, Shane Taylor's faction. And uh, they are kind of as the more wrestlers are returning, kind of reminding us that there are more factions in ROH. So there, I would suspect that this might get amended and a third or fourth team added in the near future.
3: Yes, it certainly does look like it.
5: That's that's the ROH news, though.
3: You know we're gonna be talking more about it as the weeks to come. Already seems like that week we already have Ring of Honor, SummerSlam, and now NXT happening in one weekend. So
4: (laughs) that show's gonna
3: go
5: long, folks.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that week afterwards is gonna go. It's gonna be packed with lots of content. So
5: yeah,
3: get ready. Get your popcorn. Get your seats
5: there's also the uh the normally WWE uh, or during the not WWE indies during the weeks that WWE is hosting uh WrestleMania the indies host a a wrestle a, a number of events in the same city and because they're treating SummerSlam like WrestleMania thanks to all of the covid nonsense there are indies that are get it gearing up for big shows that weekend, too. So there's going to be even more going on. Yes,
3: yes. I can tell you I plan on being in Las Vegas for that SummerSlam weekend. Um, Already, GCW is planning on being there. And, of course, Future Stars of Wrestling both plan to have multiple shows throughout that weekend. Exciting. Not going to sleep. Just not going (laughs) to sleep. Not sleeping that weekend. Who needs a hotel? Who just... uh, (laughs) It's going to be long, but it'll be very exciting, be very, very exciting that weekend. And it's great. Again, the local wrestling economy, something we all here support. So we're going to jump into some brief AAA news with Dusty.
4: Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on this week, but AAA Azteca did air a brief video confrontation between Kenny and Andrade with Don Callis on Kenny's side and Conan at Andrade's side. It was really the kind of same bravado that we saw between Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy before their match. But because Conan was there, there were some extra insults aimed at k Dog and his association with Disco Inferno. So, yeah, it was funny. It was entertaining. It'll be interesting to see what comes of all of this, as well as Conan's involvement in all of this. This was before the pairing with Chavo Guerrero. But Conan figures and looms large in AAA and AAA history, so he's an important figure there. And Andrade being in AAA, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. But it's unknown how he may figure into things or if he was just there and decided to give Andrade the rub because they were both backstage. But it's definitely an interesting wrinkle. And the story leading towards Triple Mania and the AAA Mega Campeón Championship match between Andrade and Kenny Omega. I also want to shout out Cubs fan slash Lucha Blog. He uploaded this segment on YouTube this week for all those of us in America. So big appreciation to him for doing that and everything else he's done to help us see AAA during the pandemic.
5: And just keeping us up to date on on news in ways that. Yeah we just like i i i rely on lucha blog for a lot of my indie roundup news because it's just not enough of me to to do what cubs does as. he
4: he covers it all somehow he <laughs> yeah. just does a fantastic job
3: thank you dusty for that triple a news up next some brief mlw news uh just a heads up that battle riot 3 will air on youtube and bean sports On Saturday, July 24th, likely when you're listening to this show, so you will be able to watch Battle Riot 3, a very packed show, one that we are going to wait until it airs to talk more about, uh, though we did talk about the spoiler about, you know, the new LAX coming together, uh, during Battle Riot, uh, 3 with a slice boogie and Danny Limelight, Still being led by Conan. Uh, and so once this show airs, we're going to be able to talk more about the battle riot itself and some of the matches that are that were also taped for that. We also believe many of those matches were also taped for future episodes of MLW Fusion. So make sure you check it out. It's free on YouTube.
5: Free. Free. We're back to that price.
3: Yes. (laughs) And then make sure you check out MLW, uh, on YouTube for Battle Riot 3. Also, in MLW News, they've announced that the promotion is laying out their plans, uh, for the MLW Opera Cup tournament. Um, and this is a tournament that did come back, uh, back in 2019. Um, the, and just more of an interesting note about cities being considered to host the tournament, um, includes Chicago, New York, Baltimore, Toronto, and Boston. So, some I'd be very interested to see if, you know, anything with the pandemic has a, a sway in the decision making to this. Uh, but, you know, these were, um, you know, this, this, this tournament was hosted in opera houses, uh, I would guess nearly a century ago. So lots of history and tie in with the Opera Cup tournament. Um, but it does look like major league wrestling is moving forward with that tournament this year. And who knows, it may be coming to a city near you.
5: So, uh, I'm just gonna, since I follow all of the pandemic news uh the Toronto would have to be considered your outside pick. Yes. Yeah. They uh, they're just now considering opening the borders up mm-hmm. to to tourists and uh that's probably not going to last because we can't have nice things. So, um
3: <laughs> Yes, I believe there was so Canada was going to be opening their borders to vaccinated US citizens. Hmm. But then yes. also, I, I know the United States has still decided to uh not allow Canadian citizens. Right. In. So, yeah, so doing my <laughs> best news gathering of that. But you're right. Um, as much as that could be a consideration, that would probably be the long shot of mm-hmm. the selected cities just because of the uh you know uh uh border issues uh between the United States and Canada at this time, and with many of your talent being u s citizens, it seems you know unlikely that some of you know it would be a challenge to do something internationally at this point
5: yeah as weird as as it is to think of Canada as international
3: it is <laughs> last but not least, the final uh news. You know, where the item of tonight's show is CMLL. Brendan, go ahead and take it away.
5: Alright, so we had just a few results there. Again, there's just a lot of CMLL that has happened, but, uh, they are building up the, uh, Leyenda de Plata, de Plata. Uh, the uh, and, and so we had the first half of it, which featured Dragon, Rojo Jr., Templario, Volador, Mystico, Mafisto, Star Jr., Espirito Negro, and Raziel, and they did this in traditional CMLL tournament format, where they had a battle royal first to determine the seeding. And uh, I will spare you the long form results on that, which are available on LuchaCentral.com if you want to know who eliminated who. But the long and the short of it is Templario has advanced, and he will be uh at the uh, finals on the 30th of this month against whoever comes out of this week's pay-per-view uh for the for the other half of the bracket. So there's your little go watch the pay-per-view plug plus uh your, your results uh from last week where Templario has has advanced to the finals. Uh, so we've already been denied the, uh, the Mystico tweeted Mystico-Caristico final, final, but, uh, I'm okay with that. I, I do want to see that match, Mystico and Caristico, at some point, but it doesn't need to be at the finals of the Leyenda de Plata. So, there we go. It's our CMLL results this week.
3: And that does it for this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you listen uh, to next week's episode. And also, you can listen to previous week's episodes. Where? Well, you can find that at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can also follow Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter lucha central also has a youtube page with tons of content including exclusive interviews matches and more while you're there well why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media dusty where can our listeners find you
4: i am on instagram at dusty murphy and i am on facebook at facebook.com slash
5: dusty murphy
3: and brendan where can our listeners find you
5: I am 321 T-shirt guy. That's the numbers 321 and then T-shirt guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, and I'm all over the Twitters.
3: And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. On Instagram and Facebook As we mentioned earlier on the show If you are a Lucha Libre uh, fan Independent wrestling fan Promoter, wrestler Please reach out to us uh, About Lucha Libre promotions Or matches that are happening uh, Throughout the independent scene We'd love to feature them On a future edition of the Indie Roundup Also, kind of on the fly As we mentioned If you are also participating Or know of Comic Cons Throughout the U.S. That have Lucha Libre content or lucha doors attending, let us know. We'd be happy to promote them for the Lucha Central Weekly podcast and for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr. I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and we will be
0: back next week.